0: Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. This is a good week if you're an Apple fan. Why? Because if you pre-ordered quick enough, you might have a new iPhone either in hand right now because you went to the store or uh, you you were smart and you woke up early enough and you got all your ducks in a row, you pre-ordered and arrived today. I have got all the new iPhones sitting here. Uh, I guess not all of them if you count the colors. Okay, but I have all the models uh, here. On my desk, I'm looking at the new uh, iPhone 14 Pro, not the Max, just the Pro. It's in my hands. And I'm getting used to this new dynamic island. I'm getting used to the new lock screen here with the always on display. And it's, hmm, it's not as bright as I wish it was. I don't know if I can change that in the settings. That's something I got to check out. I'm getting used to iOS 16 still with the widgets on the lock screen. Obviously not every wallpaper out there is going to work with those widgets because you can notice from the wallpapers that Apple chose to display in all the marketing materials and on the website and stuff this year that the widgets and the wallpaper, they go together like a puzzle, kind of. And so the main elements of the the chosen Apple-featured wallpaper this year kind of meet together in the middle and leave some space under the time up there for the widgets to remain visible. I'm still getting used to the little SOS icon up in the top right, uh, of the uh, display there, that's weird because that's a new feature. Getting used to the new black. So the actual personal phone that I ordered uh, for myself was the 14 Pro Max this year because you guys know I would switch off from uh, the regular Pro to the bigger Pro. But but one thing I found out, um, I guess this is off the record. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be off the record or not. Uh, but from somewhere I found out that this is the deepest black. Uh, for the Pro that's ever come out. So what does that mean? I'm not really sure because it's not as black as some of the other black phones that I've seen. But on the Pro, I guess, with the Pro's particular finish, this is supposedly the the deepest black that they've ever done. Which is to say, uh, it's not pitch black, um, you know, because it kind of had this matte finish on the back. It's not like jet black. But it's a nice black. I like it. I'm glad that I went with it this year. I do have the deep purple. I haven't even unboxed it yet. Um, I, I think the max that I was sent is the deep purple, but you know, I've had a lot of varied reactions to the initial video that I put out on why I thought that the dynamic island was going to be cool. And, uh, even right now I've got a timer going so that I can stop, uh, after I've recorded for a certain amount of time here on the podcast. And it doesn't just show up on the lock screen, which is nice. That's where I used to see my timers. Right. But when I unlock and get into uh, the actual home screen here, then the dynamic Island, um, expands itself and shows me that timer up there. That's really cool. And it has to kick out to the sides. Uh, you'll notice because the camera stuff, the actual camera hardware is in the middle there, but it's really cleverly implemented. And I got to say, it is nice to see up there. And I got to say, it is what I would call a game changer for iPhone users to be able to see that dynamic information up there. Just a simple thing, like having the timer going. It's great. We're gonna to get to uh, a few little news items, but there's a few things I wanted to go through first. I've had a bunch of people commenting uh, in my latest Apple Watch video. If you notice, there's a part in the video, you know, maybe you can notice the watch that I'm wearing. Otherwise, in other parts of the video, which was the still the Scan Watch, the Horizon from Withings, which is kind of a traditional looking watch with some smart features but there's one particular part in the video where i talk about shading the screen how i've had to shade previous apple watches in a bright sunny spot so that i can see what's going on and of course i you know showed what was what i was talking about like i do my arms always flailing flailing around moving around and wow the comments there i got a bunch of comments that were kind of along the lines of well how dare you make this apple watch video without even wearing an apple watch (laughs) So I thought I'd just talk about this really quick. Uh, People on the podcast, I suppose more than anybody know that I've been testing out this other watch, but, but, you know, it only makes sense. People, it's almost like people think it's like a gotcha Apple dude who's supposed to be talking about Apple watch, not wearing Apple watch, but really um, I'm being able to test out this other device so that as I'm waiting for my pre-order to show up, uh, I will have even more context to layer into my review that all the people who have only worn an apple watch in the last several years are not going to be able to have right that's kind of the whole point i've been getting actually a lot of interesting comments this week which as i've told you before always means that the videos are reaching a wider audience than just the usual subscribers which is good that usually happens when there's an event and you know people there's a lot of search traffic coming in and stuff but another funny comment that i got and i've got a few others kind of along these lines uh, people were talking about, well, why did he get this ultra watch here? Well, one guy was like, he's like, you just got it because let's be honest, you wanted it and you could afford it. And I just wanted to point out, this is my business, you know, and Apple didn't send me this watch. I, I went out and paid for it with my own money, which I think is actually the greatest possible scenario uh, if it was doable under all circumstances. But I told that that literally describes any purchase that anybody ever made ever or will ever make or has ever made you got something because you wanted it and could afford it. That is literally a purchase. That is all that is. I know what he was trying to say. All right, last comment. And then we're going to move on. Cause it's funny. Uh, somebody was like, uh, you know, so I mentioned one thing that you get when you get AirPods, you know, it's, it's uh, the brand, it's an icon, but part of it is prestige and uh, he was like buying prestige dude that's the most dumb argument you could have made to which i responded it's not an argument it's a fact it's called a brand like porsche versus ford apple versus all competitors the other funny thing is like if somebody you know if somebody makes a, a rather uh, annoying but harmless comment i'll leave it up of course but if it's just like an outright stupid comment i don't let it live rant free on my youtube channel and that's what's really funny to me people spend clearly all this time uh trying to infuse their comments with uh, as much wit or what they would consider wit or you know they're really gonna make it painful you know for me to read or they're really gonna get me or they're it's like they're gonna talk about me behind my back they think uh without me ever seeing it (laughs) it's like (laughs) do they really think I'm going to let some crazy, uh, annoying, stupid comment stay? No. And then no one ever sees their hard work. So does it sound like I'm a bit defensive today? If it is that way, it's probably because I drank way too much caffeine yesterday, I realized, because I got a shipment of my favorite nitro that came in, and I had way too much caffeine in my system, which meant that come time to go to sleep, I couldn't actually go to sleep. I was tired. I wanted to sleep. Couldn't actually fall asleep. And so I didn't get very much sleep last night. So things are probably getting to me a little more than usual. Uh, I was going through some of my hats here the other day, every now and then you see me wearing a hat. I haven't worn as many hats lately on the channel, but I do have a favorite hat. And that hat is a black hat from a company called Brixton from which I've ordered several different hats, not just like caps. They had like a almost like a cowboy looking like a sun hat, you know, kind of a thing that I get sometimes if I'm doing like some yard work, you know, watering the landscaping or something, you know, like, uh, then I'll wear that out there. But I realized I was looking at all my hats and I got hats, you know, from like Apple events, various other like sports teams, hats, you know, I realized there's no other hat out there and this is not sponsored. I'm just telling you that compares to that black Brixton hat, even some of the other hats from Brixton. I don't know if you've ever had this and it's not just with hats, but like sometimes you find this one product that you really like. And even from this one brand, you can try something else from that brand and it's not even as good. Like it just doesn't fit quite as right. Even though you would think they would all be the same. It, that just doesn't happen all the time. And that's like with this hat. I love that hat is my favorite hat. It's getting like too worn. I'm about to get rid of it and order another one. I might just order like a couple and in case I quit making them, it'll be like my hat, Into eternity. I realize this isn't groundbreaking stuff, but in case you're curious, it is the Crest C Net Plus MP Snapback. That is my favorite hat. And actually, I'm seeing they got in a few other colors here. Hey. It's 28 bucks. And if you're looking for a new hat, uh ooh boy, I'm seeing some other good ones on here. Or maybe it's the O3 snapback I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it's the Crest C Net Plus MP Snapback. 28 bucks. If you're looking for a hat i mean i can't recommend it more highly enough and i'll tell you what it is i was analyzing everything right it has like a higher forehead area like the front it goes up more some hats just like fit the contour of your head and i realized that i don't like the way that those look at least on me and that is what makes this hat so great it's why i guess subconsciously i kept picking it over all other hats and let me tell you there was a deep stable of hats and many hats were jealous that they didn't get to go on the channel. Uh, but this was the one. And it was a winner for this very reason. It it just looked better in the front. So, and it's, you know, it's comfortable, whatever. Hats are a hat. But. So check that out. That is my favorite hat. I can't call it a lucky hat, but it is a good one. Okay, for you newsletter uh, subscribers out there, you know that recently I featured the Steve Jobs archive in the newsletter. This is why you guys subscribe to the newsletter. I'm going to highlight all kinds of interesting stuff for you. But I thought, you know, like it merited not just a quick little link in a newsletter, but like a little bit more of a discussion because it's a really fascinating thing. So recently, um, Lorene Powell Jobs and uh, Cook and somebody else all sat down and they recorded like a little video about what this thing was and why it existed. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's stevejobsarchive.com. And for those who were, you know, felt deeply affected by jobs, who liked what jobs did, and of course, there's (laughs) nobody is perfect, right? People have their flaws, and including Steve, but he accomplished a lot and uh, he had some good advice for sure. But here's this site that they put together to sort of um, showcase some of his advice and ideas. So there's like uh, his famous quote from, uh, make something wonderful and put it out there from an internal meeting at Steve. Uh, sorry. At Steve Jobs headquarters. That's what I was going to say at Apple. And you can see that quote It's from 2007. You can see the video actually that goes with it. Um, there's his famous commencement address at Stanford. Of course you can see this on YouTube too, but you, you get more out of it when you look here on the site, it's all in one place and it's really nicely designed, you know, of course like a, a, an Apple product would be, there's even a, uh, from 1997 steve's voiceover for the think different campaign talking about pushing the human race forward it's just a really really interesting uh archive of all of steve jobs most interesting stuff and, and it's going to turn into more i believe um there's kind of like a little letter there uh that you can see an email from steve from 2010 it says he often sent himself messages to capture uh what was on his mind and so he has this one here says from steve jobs to steve jobs <laughs> september 2 2010 and uh it's not too long i guess i can just read it right here it says i grow little of the food that i eat and of the little i do grow i did not breed or perfect the seeds i do not make any of my own clothing i speak a language i did not invent or refine i did not discover the mathematics that i use this is uh a big topic this is not steve talking anymore this is chris that's a big topic is math invented or discovered that I have with my philosophy friends all the time. Of course I would say that it is discovered. It was there before humans were ever on the scene, which has implications. But uh, Steve's email goes on and says, I am protected by freedoms and laws. I did not conceive of or legislate and do not enforce or educate. I am moved by music. I did not create myself when I needed medical attention. I was helpless to help myself survive I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, object-oriented programming, or most of the technology I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead, and I'm totally dependent on them for my life and well-being. You're just going to find some interesting stuff on there. So yeah, I mean, go check it out. There's already been a teardown of the iPhone 14 Pro Max, and something interesting that they appeared to have found was that the SIM tray space isn't being used for anything. Because of course... This year, Apple's switching over to the eSIM uh, methodology technique, which means you don't actually have to have a physical SIM card to, you know, say, hey, this my number should be associated with this phone. And there's some other cool uh, benefits that come along with that. But, and I will say, I know people have had some uh, issues activating their SIM on launch day here. But isn't this interesting, you know, that every little bit of space inside of a phone, could be used for something usually is highly utilized for something you got to make every little inch or centimeter count my immediate first thought was why aren't we using that for a periscopic zoom you know that's the thing I keep wanting uh and (laughs) it just seems like an obvious thing maybe though that's coming I mean they're gonna end up utilizing it for something just because they're not right now doesn't mean they're not going to but here's what it says. It says the biggest disappointment to some customers may be the lack of change in one specific area. The teardown features the U S version of the iPhone 14 pro max, which means there's no SIM tray, but the space freed up by the absence contains what appears to be a plastic filler rather than any additional component tree. It says to those in the know, of course, this isn't a surprise. Apple may phase out physical SIM trays completely at some point in the near future, but as long as making two versions, eSIM only in the U.S., and physical SIM everywhere else, it makes far more sense uh, logistically to keep them in uh, as similar as possible. Wow, I really want uh, a periscopic zoom. You know what's kind of weird over here on the new iPhone? The Dynamic Island, it's doing its thing. That's obviously one of the main new things. But the cameras, you know, I've been just barely messing around with the camera system a little bit, and I found some weird stuff. Not Not like crazy, but uh just trying to like focus on stuff near my desk you know it seems like the macro mode for one thing kicks in way faster um or like from further away i should say on the new 14 uh, pro versus the 13 pro so in other words if i'm going to take a macro of this waterloo can i have sitting on my desk on the 13 pro i just have to get like really close over on the other On the 14 Pro, it, like, kicks in almost, like, two or three times as far out, which I realize has been really annoying as I've been testing this out because if I'm going to do macro, I want to be, like, really close to do a macro. In fact, 99.9% of the time, I'm not interested in shooting a macro. So it shouldn't be that easy to kick in uh, or get into. Most people aren't going to – and it had me confused also because that macro mode, it's just not capturing as much detail and light for, like – unless you're doing a macro shot it's gonna look worse as just a regular photo and i originally started thinking man the photos on here are are like worse than my 13 pro like what's the problem and i think i've narrowed it down to that like um you know for further away shots it's not a problem but yeah i really noticed that and it's it's weird so if you just think like the cameras are mostly the same, they're actually really not. And the reason, one of the reasons that that really was bugging me was because I wasn't getting any background blur um, when I would hold an object up. And that's part of what makes for a really visually pleasing photo is that background blur having it just really uh, separate the background from whatever the subject is. So yes, uh, in a lot of scenarios and situations, you're gonna see you know the photos and say that's barely any different sometimes it's the way that the camera works too on top of everything else you know it's not just that we have this new 48 megapixel sensor here which is a huge leap in terms of what it can capture and and that's what i'm saying some people aren't going to be able to tell even much of a difference right especially when you see all the comparisons online and stuff and if you don't know where to look but um the way the thing works that's going to affect everybody and again people may not realize like (laughs) what they're doing uh and could end up with a feature like this could end up with worse results so that's something that i notice, and it's kind of weird also i'm realizing that you know it's weird too in the camera you have 0.5 1x and 3 on the pro on the 13 pro i should say and then i've got the option for 0.5 1x 2 and 3 over on the new 14 pro so i have that extra zoom option that kind of halfway in between thing uh between one and three over on the 14 which i didn't have on the 13 pro so i was thinking about this I do get more in terms of, like, options. It's a new option. That's more than I had before, but it's not more in terms of closer. So it's kind of a weird more to have for the camera. Like, it's nice for framing, I guess, and you can simulate it over on the 13 because if you uh, hold down and start rotating left or right, you can zoom to get that uh, to – it's not as – clean or is good, but you can do it. So that's weird. Um just an interesting observation. And then also I've been playing around with the action mode. That was one of the top things that I wanted to try. And one disappointment that I've had with that so far indoors is that there's just a little bit more grain in there than I would have wanted. Um so for like I guess for for non-professional type people, maybe they're not going to care. Um but in the way that the cinematic mode was kind of disappointing when it launched, Um, I'm a little just, you know, if you're outdoors, like Apple always shows the stuff in the best possible conditions. If you're outdoors and you're running around and it's well lit on a sunny day, it's going to look really cool. Right. But, um, inside there's plenty of, of reasons you might want to stabilize some footage inside. Yeah. It wasn't looking as good, but again, with the cinematic, you know, when that debuted, it was, (laughs) it was uh, not the best that's seen some improvements. Um, and now we're getting a few upgrades there too, you know, that's improved. So hopefully the action mode is also going to have some improvements as well, but it is weird. You can tell developers, um, are still kind of getting used to things. Uh, you know, I've got, there's one game that I play every now and then from Apple arcade and you know, the, the dynamic, uh, Island pokes down into the, the top of some of the interface a little bit where the notch didn't. Um, so there's going to have to be little tweaks and adjustments here and there. And even as my timer is winding down here and I'm looking at it up in the dynamic Island up there, um, it's clear. Apple's going to need to tighten some things up too, because, um, you know, one Oh seven here, six one Oh five, uh, as it's ticking down, I mean, it's just brushing right up against the edge of the Island. And that doesn't look good. Coming from a design background, that just there's no room to breathe over there. It feels really smashed. Very un-Apple-like, actually. So that's kind of weird. That needs to get tweaked and tightened up. So um, uh, more than knee-deep in uh, my Shopify experience and endeavor here. That has been such a frustrating thing. Um, I told you, you know, last week that I'm working on making some, uh, like a wall art project, you know, I've got some motivation to share with people. I'm going to do it through canvases in a very Apple way, but finding the right vendor of, um, you know, to work with that, that's going to plug into Shopify, finding one that can do the things that I want it to do. Um, like there's just things you never would think about like variants when you go to shop for like a shirt or something online and you have different sizes and different colors, those are variants in the back end in the system. You wouldn't believe like how hard it is to find a good vendor that offers all the options that you want because you wanna offer a really high quality product that fulfills your vision for your customers um, that also integrates with all the things you need. It's actually, it sounds really simple, but there's so much more to it than I ever would've dreamed. Um, and i run into all these little things. I saw a great quote. Um, on Twitter the other day where somebody said you overestimate what you think you can do in one day and you underestimate what you think you can do in one year and I found that to be very true basically all the time because um, I'm constantly biting off more than I can chew thinking like oh yeah I'll just like do a hackathon here and get it done over the weekend and then it turns into like a three-month project or something you know it's sort of like what's happening with this with its sprawl even as I continue to work on other side projects like my course and stuff but when I look back over a a year's period of time like it's like wow yeah I actually did get up to a lot there and that's sort of what this feels like they they kind of work together in that way Um, your days and your years there's like a tension so yeah in fact I'm gonna cut this podcast off right here so I can get back to it because uh, this is the day that I designated to get a ton done. I'm a little bit behind on it. So uh, I'll be back with some extra content with the new phones and uh, the Apple Watches shipping, but I don't think I'm going to get mine until next Friday. So um, I am excited to get that on the wrist and check it out. But uh, next week's probably going to be some more iPhone content. I guess I got the new AirPods coming. I, I haven't checked the tracking. Those are coming at some point as well. So, Yeah, lots to look forward to. Thanks for hanging out with me uh, today. And I'll catch you in the next video or newsletter. Later.